0: Welcome to the Thursday edition of Locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Bo at Bob Rack. Please follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Bo and I were happy to find out a couple days ago that Locked on Cardinals is the number one non-team affiliated Arizona Cardinals podcast on the planet. And I say on the planet because there were a couple podcasts from, there was one from the UK and I think one from Australia that made the list. So we can actually say on the planet, we are very thankful to everybody who listens, everybody who subscribes. We do ask you, tell your friends, we want to to blow this podcast up. Not for selfish reasons. We want to get as many Arizona Cardinals fans listening to us with our opinionated yet rational takes on your favorite football team. And Bo and I have an incredibly fun time doing this podcast we argue sometimes we laugh sometimes we agree sometimes um I think it's a mixture of everything you want from two people who love the sport of football and are pretty good at talking about it
1: yeah and we're playing with a handicap with you as our co-host I mean it's incredible the strides that we've taken as a podcast and me playing with that with you hindering us the entire way along—it's—it's it's really in a miraculous rise to the top.
0: You know what? It's interesting. So David Locke is the is the owner, starter, CEO of of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I didn't tell Bo this, but uh, David emailed me separately saying that we would have been the number one Cardinals podcast team affiliated or not if I didn't have a co-host. So that's good that I actually took that. That's something that I can take to the grave with me, knowing that. I'm pulling all the weight here. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses always have been on your team, supporting you and your com- local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless. Whoa. And look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. What do we want to see out of the Arizona Cardinals defense on Sunday that will make us believe in them? That's your Locked On Cardinals lead story. I'm Alex Clancy with Bo Brock. Bo, this is the biggest question mark coming into the 2020 NFL season. It's the Arizona Cardinals defense, and it's Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator. Through one week, it seemed as though they looked good, they looked uh, competent, aside from Isaiah Simmons turning his head, looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, and then seeing Raheem Mostert take it to the house for 60-plus yards for a touchdown, in what could only be described as a, oh no, what's happened this offseason moment. This offense that the Arizona Cardinals will face on Sunday, the Washington football team, not as good as what the 49ers put out on the field. Dwayne Haskins, second-year quarterback. It's a whirling dervish of a running back room. Terry McLaurin was a standout being a third-round pick uh, out of uh, Ohio State last year as a rookie, as their number one wideout. What do you need to see, Bo, out of the Arizona Cardinals defense to believe in them Moving forward. Force turnovers.
1: That's what they need to do. They need to be more opportunistic. They were able to hold the San Francisco 49ers basically outside of the first quarter. They played a pretty solid football game. They bent. They didn't break. uh, And they were able to hold the Niners offense you know, out of the end zone in some key situations to keep the Cardinals in that contest and eventually win 24 20. But what I need to see from this defense to take the step in the next in the in the right direction is to force turnovers. They were 30th overall, as far as uh, forcing turnovers, as far as the secondary is concerned, just seven picks in 2019. I think it was only about seven the previous season. So they're not forcing enough turnovers in the past game. And with Dwayne Haskins, I know that he took care of the football in the first game for the Washington football team, but I think he's a guy that you could rattle, that you could force into making some mistakes. Guys like Patrick Peterson, Byron Murphy, uh, Jalen Thompson, Buda Baker. I want to see them get their hands on some footballs. Maybe Isaiah Simmons in that linebacking court. I don't care w- where it comes from, but I want to see that. And I want to see guys, not Chandler Jones, get to the quarterback. And they did a pretty good job in week one of doing that. I mean, uh, was it Angelo uh, Blackman? The guy who just got signed to the roster and he made an immediate impact. And then Zach Allen, the second-year guy out of Boston College, it was nice to see them get to the quarterback along with Chandler Jones. But I wouldn't mind seeing pass rushers outside of Jones uh, continue to get to opposing quarterbacks because over the last couple seasons, the the production aside from Jones, it's not there.
0: I agree with you. And the other thing that I want to see, I want them to just unleash Isaiah Simmons. Just let him go. Just let him feel. I mean, here's the thing. What everybody has said not named Vance Joseph and Cliff Kingsbury is, he's not an inside linebacker. Why are you putting him an inside linebacker? So what I would do is if I were Vance Joseph, I would sit him down. Be like, listen, for one week, Isaiah, where do you want to play? Where are you most comfortable playing? Outside? Hand in the dirt? What do you want to do? And you put him there and you let him eat. And you just let him see. You let him do what he does best, which is anticipate and react. Like, that, just let him not have to think for one game. And I know that that will never happen because that's not how defensive coordinators allow their defenses to be run with the players. But with what we saw last week, you need to give him some confidence. And what better way to give the kid confidence than a Trent Williams-less offensive line and a second-year quarterback who's had severe ups and downs so far? Let him go. Let him run. And that that is in line with what you talked about with having somebody else get to the quarterback not named Chandler Jones. Wouldn't it be nice to see Isaiah Simmons fly through the offensive line and just drill Dwayne Haskins into into the ground? Isn't yes. that something that everybody wants to see? All you need to do is see that once, and everybody will forget about that they should have drafted an offensive lineman at eight instead of Isaiah Simmons. That's it. it.
1: It is. And when you – like, well, I, w- I somehow went down a rabbit hole, and I was watching Isaiah Simmons' YouTube highlights from his days at Clemson last week, and that was more of the – it was more him getting to the quarterback than him and his prowess as far as – because this is a guy that started as a safety at Clemson and then converted more to a linebacker position. I think that he, he, his ability to get to the quarterback and play at that level of the defense. We didn't see a lot of it against San Francisco, but that's because he had the the tough matchup against George Kittle him Buda Baker and uh, Devondre Campbell and all those guys. Right. It took, it took a village to slow down George Kittle and they did a great job in doing that. Something we didn't see all last year. They held Kittle. I know he has the the knee injury, but four catches, 44 yards, no catches in the second half this week the tight end. And for whatever reason, there is a little hype surrounding him is former Arizona Cardinals quarterback. Great. Logan Thomas had four catches for 37 yards in the lone touchdown catch in week one for Washington. He's their tight end. He's their playmaking tight end. It's not Jordan Reed anymore. It's Logan Thomas. So I think that the, the assignment gets a lot easier in week two against against Thomas, not even close to the caliber of tight end that he faced in week one. So there could be a lot more opportunities for uh, for Simmons in this defense to make plays without having a tough assignment at the tight end position.
0: Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked On Cardinals. Appreciate everybody who listens. Coming up next for the next two segments, Chris Russell from Locked On Washington football team will join us to do a little crossover ahead of Sunday's matchup between two surprisingly undefeated teams In what could be looked at as this Sunday, which is crazy to think, one of the more anticipated matchups to watch, not necessarily for this year, but for the future, where you have guys like Kyler Murray and Isaiah Simmons and uh, Dwayne Haskins and Chase Young, could be the future of the NFL. Chris Russell, Bo Brock, and myself, Alex Clancy, are going to do some crossover next next couple segments. That's next on Locked On Cardinals. But first, it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everybody needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBD MD has to offer, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code Locked On NFL. At checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code locked on NFL for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Welcome back. It is a locked on podcast crossover edition Thursday. Alex Clancy here, Bo Brock, my co host uh, from Locked On Cardinals, and happy to talk to Chris Russell from Locked On. Washington football team. We'll talk about that in a minute, While you're actually calling your podcast now. The Arizona Cardinals have had a very positive offseason for the most part, adding free agents, training for DeAndre Hopkins, having a favorable draft, at least it looks like on paper, and maybe not so much through week one, but there's promise there. The Washington professional football team hasn't necessarily had the most seamless offseason, and that's um, being very generous. Chris, I've had you on a show that I produce um, talking about the Washington professional team and everything surrounding it with the, the uh, Washington post article with uh, Ron Rivera coming in and then being diagnosed with cancer with Dan Snyder and the naming rights of, of, of the stadium there. What's it like there right now, especially after a big week one win?
2: Well, guys, first of all, good to be with you. Um, I haven't slept much in four months i can tell you that much um uh it, it is it has been let, let, let me just put it this way i thought uh my first uh, 10 years or so on the beat um were crazy and chaotic and a circus and a zoo and a non-stop black cloud of a cyclonic disaster whatever you know, descriptive adjectives for chaos. Uh, you can use. You know. You know. I, I never thought it could get any worse than what it was basically under Bruce Allen, Mike Shanahan. You know, uh, Jay Gruden, uh, Robert Griffin III. All that. What has happened the last three, three and a half, four months is is just out of this world. I, I mean, I, I still, when when I think about it, when I look in the mirror, I say, Wait a second. What? H- how did we? How the bleep did we get here? And, and and that's I mean I'm trying not to be over the top. I'm trying to explain to guys that know what this business is like, but can't possibly know what it's like to cover such a dysfunctional organization and such a chaotic endeavor. Um, because there's no other spot in the NFL like this. So I don't know if that answers the question, but it has been pure, unadulterated hell. (laughs) It, It certainly
1: helps. It shines light on, especially for people living in Arizona who are kind of far away from it, removed from it. So it begs the question, Chris, you know, it, we saw in Week One this front seven comprised of so many first-round pick. There's so much draft capital invested in that unit, and they just showed up. Eight sacks. They forced mm-hmm. the, two, the two turnovers. Is that front seven transcendent enough to help remedy all the dysfunction for the Washington Football Team?
2: It's a great question, Bo. I, I don't. I, I don't know if just them overall can do it. I mean obviously they're going to have to get a lot more help from their offense and Dwayne Haskins and running game and you know Terry McLaren and so on and so forth. Um, and we all know that the, the the real transformation has to come off the football field. Um, but I, I will say this, not getting drilled by the Eagles as it was looking, 17 to nothing midway through the second quarter on Sunday. And then actually coming back and winning that game and kind of winning it with authority has taken a lot of the the gloom and doom, a lot of the, oh my gosh, the you know, it is never gonna improve no matter what we do, and no matter how much talent we have around here, feeling an angst away from I think the fan base. And it has also reduced, obviously, you know, the opportunity for national media, TV, writers, whatever, you know, Twitter, uh, all of that to just pile on. So now I think we're talking about, oh, my gosh, how good is Chase Young? Wow, look at Ryan Kerrigan. We thought he was dead. And here he is, NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Wow, look at this guy and that guy and this guy and that guy. And, man, all of a sudden, a week two matchup between Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals and this defensive line becomes the thing of you know, like, hey, what, what we all love about football, right? The intrigue of who's going to blink first and who's going to have more success. And I guess we'll find out on Sunday in Glendale.
0: Yeah, I, Chris, it's interesting because it's not a direct correlative. It's not exactly the same, but it looks like Washington is a year behind where the Cardinals are now. And what I mean by that storyline storyline-wise is, There's a quarterback that you think can do great things potentially. There's one real strong suit, and the rest is kind of just question marks. It's a young team. I mean, I guess with the Cardinals last year, it was before Patrick Peterson got popped for steroids, it was, well, at least you know on the defense, you have Chandler Jones and you have Patrick Peterson. And then on offense, well, Kyler Murray's there. Uh, Let's hope that he can translate his, his success from college in a potent offense to the NFL. And you're kind of looking at that with Chase Young, even though Chase Young is proven way quicker that he's gonna be a difference maker in the league and Ryan Kerrigan, obviously the elder statesman of the two, and you have Dwayne Haskins, where the last month of the year last year, he looked good, and people just forget about that because of the crap box start Washington had from the quarterback position. And the wide receiver spot is the question I want to ask you about because Terry McLaurin, third round pick, you thought that you I mean you see something out of college from Ohio State, but nobody expected that. And then you look at the rest of the wide receiving core, and it's not a whole lot. So what are you looking at, aside from the bevy of running backs that you have, that can produce on the offensive side?
2: Yeah, Alex, I, I mean, look, um, are they challenged in, in in that particular spot at wide receiver? Absolutely. That's why they're bringing in, you know, I, I'm going to show my, my age here. I know you guys are a lot younger than then this old man, uh, you know, every Tom, Dick, and Harry that they could find on the scrap heaps, they're trying to bring them in for workouts. And, you know, they—they, uh, they, I mean, they're running through because they don't have enough experienced bodies. Uh, I'll give you a f- for instance, Ron Rivera just told us, uh, and I'll have to look it up and and, and confirm this, but uh, I'm pretty sure he's right. Yeah, you know, he played nine years in the NFL, and he said the, the five active guys that they had on Sunday for week one against Philadelphia have a combined combined eight years of experience in the NFL. And, you know, he's trying to say, look, look, (laughs) we don't have anybody, including our best guy with any experience. So they need help. They need experience and they need talent and help at that particular uh, position. And then even if you look at, you know, their running back group, because they let go of Adrian Peterson, um, who obviously we all know is a, potential you know future hall of famer they're very 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 young at that position tight end they're very young at that position they've got you know a guy in jeremy sprinkle has been around for, for uh, this is his fourth year uh everyone else is kind of converted or you know very very young offensive line again very young outside of a couple of guys on the right side so you know on the quarterback's only in year two so this is a young offense i i don't know if it's as one player dimensional as maybe arizona's was uh last year or one player focused. like i don't know if anybody goes in saying oh my god we gotta stop Dwayne haskins they probably do that to terry McLaurin and, and say we're gonna make somebody else beat them uh, but it's not one player f- i think as one player focused as maybe some other offenses are and maybe even arizona was last year
1: Chris Russell, of course, follow him on Twitter, russellmania 621. Listen to the Washington football podcast, locked on Washington football podcast. All the love we just gave to the front seven. You talk about the offense. Obviously, they have their questions themselves, but I'm looking at this defensive secondary where most of the starters from last year, a lot of the snaps in that defensive secondary did not return. You know, Quentin Dunbar, he's in Seattle. Josh Norman, he's with the Buffalo Bills. I believe he's IR'd. You got a guy in Fabian Moreau who actually mm-hmm. had a pick in, in the opening week. Is is he gonna be is he their cornerback one? And you know, I saw Troy Atkey. He looked like he got abused on a couple of plays from the tight end group with Philadelphia. What is the your what are your thoughts on this secondary and how they're going up against this Cardinals passing attack that features Murray and now DeAndre Hopkins?
2: Yeah, so it's definitely different than what, you know, what what, what There was last year, as you just kind of mentioned, Bo. I mean, they I call it addition by subtraction, and that's not necessarily a compliment to who they've added. Um, That is more. How horrible Josh Norman and Monte Nicholson were, and then Quentin Dunbar was actually good, but he turned out to be a petulant pain in the ass, and they just couldn't deal with him, uh, and he just wouldn't shut up, and he wouldn't stop being immature, uh, and uh, and and screaming and whining about his contract, so they just got rid of him. Um, so you know, the the one stalwart, the one holdover, is Landon Collins. They spent a lot of money on him. You mentioned Apke; he's got tremendous speed. I know he's, um, I know he's a hitter. I don't know how good in coverage he is, uh, and obviously there were some issues uh, there on, on on Sunday, which got better certainly as the game went along, but there are still issues. The number one corner on this team is Ronald Darby, uh, who. You know, spent three injury-plagued years in Philadelphia and has been healthy and has practiced and has looked very good, but he got beat bad uh, on a 55-ish yard bomb the other night uh, by Jalen Rager, uh, who was a first-round pick. So, you know, again, no insult there necessarily, but he was playing in his first NFL game. You know, I I think Darby is, again, the number one guy over Moreau, although Moreau has been really good since they switched him guys last year, about midway through the year, maybe two-thirds of the way through the year, from the slot to the outside. And remember, last Sunday they didn't have Kendall Fuller, who they spent a, a good amount of money on, who's their primary slot corner, who they once traded for Alex Smith, and now they have back. And the guy that filled in for him is Jimmy Moreland. And that's a seventh round pick from James Madison University, local school here. And he is, um, he's kind of like a cult hero around here. And yet, him coming up with his first career interception on Sunday was really kind of the key turning point of the game. So that's a long way of me saying, look, they are very, very, very different. And I am not naive enough to think that they are absolutely and clearly, um, you know, a, a, a good or very good secondary. They're not but they are way better in so many areas than they were last year, which to me is exactly what I needed to see. And I'm willing to take my chances that they might look bad against DeAndre Hopkins. Guess what? So did San Francisco the other day. So are a lot of secondaries, but they're going to be better long-term for the changes that they made.
0: Alex Clancy, Bo Brock locked on Cardinals, Chris Russell locked on Washington football team. It's a Thursday crossover edition of the Locked On Podcast Network. Coming up next, it's time for Chris Russell to fire away at Bo and myself. That's all next on this crossover edition, Locked On Cardinals, Locked On Washington football team. We'll be right back. There is something I'd like to talk about first though. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game, every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concept and techniques, learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more, NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to nfl.com gamepass game pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops.
2: And we welcome you back on this Crossover Thursday edition. I'm Chris Russell, the host of Locked on Washington Football, rejoined now by the co-hosts of the Locked on Cardinals podcast, of course, Alex Clancy and uh, Bo Brock. And gentlemen, uh, we spent obviously time talking about uh, the team that I cover off to a 1-0 start. You know, if there was a second bigger upset, I guess, around the league and the landscape of the NFL. and and maybe it was number one, maybe it was 1A. It was the Arizona Cardinals going into San Francisco and beating the defending NFC champions uh, in the San Francisco 49ers. So I guess I'll ask both of you, you know, what was the key turning point, the key moment, the key thing that stood out for you guys? Was it Kyler's mobility or was there something else that led to the win most, in your opinion?
0: It was the unbelievably seamless transition from Kyler not having a number one wide receiver to Kyler having a number one wide receiver. The ability for Kyler Murray to find DeAndre Hopkins, and albeit the first couple uh, tosses to hop were, you know, either behind the line of scrimmage or close to it. So it got the juices flowing a little bit through a, re- a wide receiver screen. They gained some yardage. And then something just clicked where DeAndre Hopkins either learned this offense really quickly or Kyler knew exactly where to put him to succeed. The fact that DeAndre Hopkins had 14 receptions, and I know the secondary isn't the strong suit of the 49ers, but that defense was looked at as the most vaunted defense in the NFL last year. Um, That in and of itself just rose the floor of possible success for this team higher than we thought it would be on the road at Levi Stadium week one against the NFC champion from 2019. That... It, I knew how good DeAndre Hopkins was. I've loved him forever. I've watched him. I've drafted him in fantasy every year. Like I love the dude. But I didn't know it would happen this quickly against that opponent in week one where there was no offseason. The fact that Kyler and he were able to do that so quickly, it surprised me and that's what catapulted them to a victory among other things in week one. I certainly think that is number one.
1: I mean, there there could be a 1A, 1B, whatever, but I think the Arizona Cardinals on defense and the performance that they put forth after the first quarter kept them in this contest. I mean, they were down 10-0. They get a big special teams play, and then they get a big fourth and goal uh, stop Inches for, you know, centimeters from the Niners going up 17, seven, they come up with a big stop and it's three players that Steve come, the general manager here added in free agency. It was, you know, Jordan Phillips, it was Devondre Campbell. It was Devon Kennard getting in and making that stop and really changing the momentum in the favor of the Cardinals. And then they kind of just hold serve. They, they hold the Niners out of the end zone for a long time uh, until I believe the fourth quarter. And the Arizona Cardinals defense, unlike last year, the Cardinals could rely, and there wasn't pressure on Kyler Murray in that offense to put up points each and every drive because this defense could go out there and make the stops necessary to keep him in the game.
0: Yeah, put it this way, j- j- just to put an uh, icing on the cake of that, the fact that Zane Gonzalez missed two field goals and the Cardinals still won, that wouldn't have happened last year, regardless of opponent. It was so important that Zane Gonzalez did not miss field goals because it was nearly impossible, it seemed, for the Cardinals to get in the end zone, especially in the red zone last year. So that is a huge jump from where we were during the 2019 season.
2: All right, I have a million questions that I want to ask, but I just wanted to double down before we get back to Kyler uh, and the offense on the defense. Uh, You know, there's some big names on that side of the ball. You guys mentioned some of them, Buda Baker, uh, you know, obviously uh, Patrick Peterson, Chandler Jones. And, and, and then Isaiah Simmons, you know, the rookie. Um, how good is this defense right now? One. Uh, two, do you think that uh, for, for an offense that comes in with plenty of questions from Washington's end, that it will be a relentless assault? Or do you think maybe they'll want to kind of early on, maybe play some soft zone, uh, maybe kind of lay back a little bit to see how things go, and then they will adjust and crank up the pressure on Dwayne Haskins and a suspect offensive line.
1: Yeah, I think the latter there. I mean, it's because it is a relatively new unit. We talk about the unique offseason that everybody, you know, just went through. Vance Joseph put in a lot of new pieces and new places, and it took him one quarter of play in San Francisco, and we really don't know how good San Francisco is on offense. I mean, there there are a couple question marks that I think a lot of people overlooked uh, you know, Jimmy G and the the hangover from the Super Bowl, missing Emmanuel Sanders on that long pass that could have sealed the deal. Potentially, you got, uh, you know, their top two wide receivers out, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, the first round pick. So is there a lot? Is, are they as talented on offense as we originally thought? You know, how good was this performance? They, they were good enough to get it done. And I think that this is a defense that, you know, including the defensive coordinator, and VJ, he needs to remain focused. And, and this unit as a whole needs to remain focused. They need their stars to show up. And Chandler Jones, he needs to continue to get to the quarterback. That's all he's done since coming over to the desert from Bill Belichick, New England Patriots a couple seasons ago in 2016. He had 19 sacks last year. He was a Defensive of the Year uh, candidate. Defensive Player of the Year candidate, and he needs to continue. To, he continues to eat. Who can do it opposite of him? Can it be Devon Kennard? Can it be Hassan Reddick, a former first-round pick who's getting an opportunity to get to the to the quarterback? Uh, can Can Isaiah Simmons get to? The, can he supplement that pass rush and also help cover tight ends? Uh, he cer- certainly helped slow down tight ends. That it was a joke last year. Alex and I would just tell our listeners to stream the tight end that's playing the Cardinals each and every week because it was it was a success they had 16 touchdowns scored against them from the tight end position four catches 44 yards last week from George Kittle he was injured but uh Buda baker you know their nickel corner and byron murphy and isaiah simmons helped slow that down i think that they can be a serviceable defense that has the upside to do what you're saying get after the quarterback later in contest and really take advantage of, of struggling offenses but you know if they're if they're not focused 100% They can also give up the big plays like they did to Raheem Mozart, the 76 yard catch and run that he took to the house. They, they are not, you know, obviously uh, they can certainly give up the big play still.
2: All right. Uh, Guys, I wanted to flip to the offense just in the interest of time because you know, clearly I I know we've touched on Kyler and and Deandre Hopkins, um, but I wanted to kind of double down. I, I was reading a statistic that, Arizona, I think, in the Cliff Kingsbury era, is averaging almost 130 rushing yards per game. I think we all know Kyler Murray's a big part of that. But Kenyon Drake had a resurgence last year. Uh, Who else? How good is this offensive line? Who else do you think that Washington, you know, has to kind of zero in here on? I mean, obviously, it goes without saying Larry Fitzgerald's a future Hall of Famer. What else does Washington have to look out for besides the obvious?
0: It's funny. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting because it was such a misnomer. And DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to get 16 targets a game. Well, let's say he's not gonna he's not gonna catch 14 balls a game. It's just it's not gonna happen. He didn't do it in Houston, even though his target share was monstrous. Michael Thomas may be the exception of the rule there nowadays, where he catches 10 balls a game, even though everybody knows he's going to get it. Bo and I talked about this where. This is an open forum for who wants to be the number 2 receiver. The running back room is pretty much set. Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds are going to be probably a 65-35 or 70-30 split, and Chase Edmonds is going to be looked to as the scat, third-down wide receiver back at this point. We don't know if they're going to bring Eno Benjamin in. He's a rookie. He's learning the offense. He's probably going to stay put on the bench for now. But the receivers, we have Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, and Dan Arnold, who is a is a, a sleeper darling for fantasy football owners. Uh, hasn't shown much. He had one catch, I believe, on Sunday. He had just over 100 yards and a touchdown, or just over 150 yards and a touchdown in 2019. It was towards the tail end. There are open auditions for who's going to be the number 2 receiver on this team. People think it's going to be Christian Kirk. Some things it could be 36-year-old, 37-year-old Larry Fitzgerald. We don't know. And Bo and I talked about this. This is the game where we're going to find out because if Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio let DeAndre Hopkins get 14, 10, 12, 13, 14 receptions after seeing it in Week 1, that's on them, two defensive-minded guys. We don't see that happening. So mm-hmm. I think that it's time for Christian Kirk to show up. Finally, Uh, we've seen flashes last year. He had a big game against Tampa Bay that they lost. Uh, He is the young, spry dude that can take the top off a defense, and we haven't seen them throw the ball down the field at all. Probably won't see it uh, on Sunday if if this front seven is going to do what they did to Philly, to the Cardinals. But I would say, and Bo, correct me if I'm wrong, I would say that Christian Kirk is not only the one that should be the number two, but there's also the biggest question mark surrounding him.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're you're right. And to kind of also answer what Chris was asking about the, the rushing attack and the misconceptions of Cliff Kingsbury's air raid offense is how important the run game is in that balance. And they went for one eighty in week one. And when that when Cliff Kingsbury coached Cardinals teams rush for over hundred and fifty yards, they're five and one.
2: Yeah. Well, i I mean, I can tell you this. They're, you know, um, Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio again are are not going to be lulled to sleep that that it's just Kyler Murray that can run. Uh, you know they're they're going to understand. And I just to kind of balance the whole point about DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, yeah, sure. I mean he's going to have his touches. He's going to have his catches. But yeah, I'd be shocked uh, if he went for the kind of numbers. Uh, that he did on Sunday. But then again, that San Francisco defense, a pretty good defense too, and some smart uh, people over there. So I can't rule it out. Um, One last thing for you guys, and I know we're uh, running up against the clock here. From an offensive line perspective, um, now it helps to have a mobile quarterback, but we've talked about in my segment how good this defensive line is. Is there any chance that they can hold up, do you guys think, against this Washington front? Or do you think it's, you know, if we use the term "air raid offense" for Arizona, is it going to be an air raid defense for the defensive line of the Washington football team?
1: I feel pretty com- confident in this this offensive line. Now uh, we'll see what happens with Mason Colder starting center. Is it Lamont Galliard, Galliard is uh, he's he's a guy that played at Georgia? That's that's going to step in and I I'm not, you know, that high on Mason Cole anyway, but you know, DJ Humphrey's a guy they signed to an extension, their left tackle in the off season. He's played very well when he's been healthy. And so far, you know, he played each and every game last season. He started this season. Uh, I, I, I like the continuity coming back from this offensive line. You mentioned San Francisco. They've got a pretty stout front seven themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, you, you know, Nick Bosa and, and all those, all those first round picks that they utilized on the front seven is pretty comparable to what's going on in Washington. I, the idea with the offense is to get the ball out in two and a half seconds. And if they can do that, you know, I don't care who's playing on your front seven. That That's getting out quick and into your playmaker's hands quick enough to where it's not going to matter. So it can combat whatever you're bringing. So I, I'm, I'm pretty confident. They only gave up two sacks last week, and I think one of them is definitely on the shoulders of Kyler Murray. And 23 of the sacks of the 48 last year were on the shoulders and the legs of Kyler Murray. He just held on the ball too long. He, he seems like he's learning and he's more comfortable in Cliff Kingsbury's offense in year two to where he can really get rid of that ball quick enough to avoid getting crushed in the pocket. And he has to remember, Chris, he's, he's an undersized quarterback. He can't get sure. squared up. They're going to do everything in their power to keep him away from getting hit.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I will say just to, to icing on the cake that, that, uh, and I continue to say this until the Cardinals really have, a solidified, strong offensive line. The best offensive lineman the Arizona Cardinals have is Kyler Murray's legs. And until Chase Young can outrun Kyler in a 40, Kyler Murray's got a chance. And regardless of if he gets blown, I mean, regardless of how, if, if this offensive line gets blown up, Kyler Murray knows almost immediately if he needs to evade the pocket or not. And Bo's right, get it out quick. This offense is set for air raid is loosely defined. If Kyler's got time for things to progress, he can throw the ball down the field. But if not, there will always be a safety valve, whether it be running back, Larry Fitzgerald, or or uh, or Dan Arnold, tight end. There will always be somebody to throw the ball to if Kyler can't evade the pocket in time before getting hit.
2: All right. We're going to have to leave it there because we are uh, on time here. So we want to make sure that everybody enjoys this episode uh, of the Crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Cardinals, Locked on Washington football team. Guys, I'll say goodbye. Um, Uh, To both of you, Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, always great to be with both of you guys uh, and looking forward to this football contest uh, Sunday in Glendale. I wish I was coming out because I could use some Phoenix, Arizona in my life, uh, but we'll just have to leave it at that, okay?
0: Yeah, Chris, it was fun. Thank you to everybody who listened to the Crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Cardinals, Locked on Washington football team. Um, Bo, after that, I feel more confident... (laughs) And the Cardinals, like, it's 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 so interesting because we're so close to this, and, and we'll end the podcast with this. We're so close to the Cardinals, and we just, I don't know, I, I forget that other people pay attention to the Cardinals now. You know, we've been so under the radar, and, 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 and as media members, like, we don't have a whole lot of exciting things to talk about, haven't over the last couple seasons, up until the start of last year. So it's just interesting to hear from him, like, he's like, I don't feel so good about this one. It's it's nice to have fear instilled in the opponent for once. Yeah, I mean, I think
1: Washington right now is a is a one-trick pony. If the Arizona Cardinals can do, you know, combat that that pass rush, they should they should win this one pretty handily. But at the same time, I mean, are we just like, you know, Washington football team fans, are we riding the wave Uh, of a big upset win in week one and maybe turning a blind eye to some, some shortcomings for the Arizona Cardinals. You and I certainly like to call that out. uh, But I just, I think this, this is a matchup that's going to bode well for the Cardinals.
0: We will leave you with that. Um, Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, tell your friends. We are the number one non team affiliated Arizona Cardinals podcast on the planet. Bo Brock and myself, Alex Clancy, we really appreciate everybody who listens. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. And again, please subscribe, tell your friends. Uh, we want to make this thing even greater than it already is. We will talk to you tomorrow.